This is the Eye on Potatoes, brought to you by the National Potato Council. The Eye is the place to tune in for conversations with growers and thought leaders on advocacy, production, and all things potatoes. Now, here's your host, Lane Nordland. Hello there, friends, and welcome back to another conversation on the Eye on Potatoes podcast. I'm your host, Lane Nordland, and as we move through the fall of 2021, a lot of activities going on in the countryside and also in our nation's capital in Washington, D.C. Joining us today from our nation's capital, President of the National Potato Council, Dominic LaJoy out of the great state of Maine and CEO of NPC, Cam Quarles, joining us here today. Dominic, uh, how is your day going out in Washington, D.C.? Uh, thanks, uh, Lane, for uh, bringing me on the call. Yeah, the day's going very well. I arrived here at 8 o'clock this morning and uh, been busy with meetings. Uh, we had a Hill visit meeting with uh, Senator King's office for from Maine, and uh, this afternoon we met with Senator Collins uh, right at the uh, Senate building. Well, that's usually how it goes. Once you hit the ground in Washington, D.C., you Uber up to the hill, and uh, it's boots on the ground from uh, there on. And, and Cam, your boots on the ground every day out in Washington, D.C. Uh, uh, how is your fall day going so far? It's it's going great, Lane. Thanks for, um, thanks for having us and excited to have Dominic here in town with us as well as a number of members of the NPC Executive Committee, so we're we're pretty excited to see everyone in person. And uh, Dominic mentioned we had some hill visits today. That was that was nice to nice to get back to something that's kind of a little bit more normal. And we're looking forward to carrying that momentum into 2022. Very true. Uh, it's been quite some time uh, since uh, everyone can really get together and advocate, and it is exciting to hear the executive team was able to uh, head out to D.C. and have meetings. Dominic, uh, what are some of the key uh, uh, priorities on the agenda this week uh, for the NPC executive team uh, in their meetings as uh, we prepare to wrap up this year and look towards 2022? Oh, some of the key issues, uh, you know, we're really excited to be back in D.C. Um, the last time I was here was February of uh, 2020. So uh, we're glad to be back in town. Um, you know, we're going to be at the new office setting that we have for the NPC organization. Um, and, you know, working on the ongoing issues, uh, obviously, you know, the, the hot topics, infrastructure, um, you know, uh, transportation issues, uh, ag labor issues. We're, you know, we're continuing to uh, keep these issues on our radar and trying to work towards solutions. Um, and obviously, the Mexico trade issue that uh, we've been working on for many years. Um, we're hoping to see light at the end of the tunnel here, and on on, uh, on some kind of resolution. Uh, we, you know, we should be have access now. Uh, we're still working through some details, but uh, hopefully, in the near future, things will come together. You know, there's also many. Um, other issues that we're going to discuss as far as environmental issues, uh, pesticide issues, we, everything that we use, we do, we get to do it live this week. So it's going to be great for the executive committee. 
No, it's just great to be able to to see each other, work face to face, and uh, and hear about the challenges that uh, the, the different leaders on the executive uh, team are facing. And Dominic, uh, I, again, we'll jump back to that conversation about Mexico here in just a little bit in today's conversation. But uh, how, how did your fall go up in the Northeast, uh, uh, harvest wise, and and how are things shaping up as uh, we get ready to move into the winter time for for your operation and for your fellow producers in that region? Well, you know, Lane, uh, harvest is always a very uh, fast-paced time of year on the farm, and uh, um, I always equate a good harvest to, uh, you know, keeping the crew healthy and nobody getting injured. Um, You know, we were fortunate in Maine. Uh, We did have great weather for harvest. Um, We have a crop that uh, really matured and and, uh, yielded well, Um, and we, you know, we had the weather to put it into storage, so... All in all, uh, one of the better harvests I've seen in my career, uh, which is uh, good to getting us back on track. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, this country gets back to where we were before pandemic and excels, you know, towards a better future. Well, and to excel towards that better future, the hard work that uh, Cam Quarles and the uh, staff there in D.C. at the home office of the National Potato Council uh, plays a pivotal role in that. And Cam... As uh, you make your way from the new office, uh, a few blocks away from the Capitol, uh, what's it been actually having these Hill visits and being able to go to these agencies and meet face-to-face during a very critical time as we rebuild here in the U.S.? Uh, What has that been like, and what are some of those key priorities uh, the team is working on this fall? So it's it's interesting because it's, a little different depending on where you go, Lane. Uh, you know, prior to pr- prior to the the uh, past 18 months, folks came into town and you kind of knew what you were going to get. If you were going to the agencies, there was a set process. You go to the, the Department of Agriculture, you go to the Office of the Trade Representative or EPA or all the other agencies that we deal with. Um, your uh, where you were going to go, the people you were going to see, pretty pretty standard stuff. Also, similarly, when you go up on the the Hill. Um, you're going to see a Republican office, a Democrat office, depending on what state. Pretty, pretty standard how they all kind of, kind of followed a similar, similar pattern in terms of getting in and out of the building and the things that you would talk about. Now it's all changed because of COVID and security requirements. Some agencies won't take visits in person at all, so it's all via Zoom or Teams. Um, some of the Hill offices are open. Um, some are not taking any in-person visits. They're, they want to hear from you, but it's just the medium that they're hearing from you is uh, it, it's it's not the same across all of the various offices. And so that's kind of tested our flexibility a bit over the last few months. We're, we're making it work, but I, I candidly, I, I like seeing people in person and, and uh, um, t- talking about all, all number of things. And it's often the things you weren't anticipating talking about are this people you weren't anticipating seeing that you bump into them in the hallway or in an office and you get some piece of information that's that's really valuable that's that i think that's what gets missed on a on a zoom or a teams environment so um dominic and i were up on the on the hill we made our the the very short walk from our new offices over to um over to the senate today and i, I think dominic dominic and i both had the same reaction is Wow, there's not a lot of people in the building. You know, usually on a on an October day when the Senate is in session, 
the hallways would just be teeming with folks and it's just simply not that way. It looks like a holiday and it's because of this inconsistency that I, that I mentioned. That being said, we've got a lot of stuff to get done. And so um, our, you mentioned Mexico earlier, that trade I- issue, we, we are hopeful that um, we're going to see some very pro- positive momentum on it in the next couple of months. I think there's a lot of people working hard on it. We also want to see this infrastructure bill get passed. Um, we're looking towards passing the spending bills, writing outside of infrastructure and any of the discussions that are being had on this partisan reconciliation process. You've also got to pass spending bills to keep the government functioning. You've got to deal with the debt limit. Um, how are those things going to all come together to make sure that we don't have some type of big crisis here at the end of the year that's going to ultimately trickle down and impact people's businesses. Um, That's the last thing you need is some self-inflicted wound when the economy is trying to get back running. And so, you know, those are the things that we're, that we're wrestling with. We're trying to get them to the finish line in the right way. Um, I mentioned the reconciliation bill earlier. One of the things we've been zeroed in on for a very long time, and you heard it during our summer meeting, was the absolute opposition of the National Potato Council to any type of erosion of the tax structure that faces American agriculture today. Any type of erosion in a state tax, stepped-up basis, the, the, the foundation of the rules of tax policy that underpin American agriculture would be catastrophic for our businesses. And so we do not want to see any undermining of that, um, whatever happens in this reconciliation bill that may or may not go forward. Now, Cam, can you share with our listeners by painting a picture when an organization like the National Potato Council signs on and puts out policies saying we oppose this? What are the uh, steps in place that you and your team follow in sharing your opposition to this type of uh, introduced legislation? How do you get the word out to these legislators, to their staff, saying this is going to impact our members? How does that grassroots effort uh, truly culminate and uh, hopefully see those changes come through when it comes to standing up for uh, uh, producers and our agribusinesses out there? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that, Lane, because it, it really is a collaborative process. Uh, we, the, the reason we have folks like Dominic as the president of our, of our board, uh, the leader of our executive committee, and all of his colleagues across the country is because we as the staff, it, it's, it's, we, 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 we require um, the input of growers to tell us what reality looks like. I mean, we're, we're not the folks who are out um, doing the business of this industry. We're the ones trying to make the business that Dominic is engaged in easier every day and make sure that the federal government either, either helps them in the instances where it can or stays out of their way, and often it's the latter. Um, so when Dominic comes to us and says, hey, look, a change to tax policy is going to be a big problem for my business, or um, inflation is is uh, really hitting hitting my business hard, that starts a process where we start talking with all of his colleagues about that. We have committees in place. We develop those policy positions and often then go try to find other organizations 
um, like we're we're very closely aligned with the National Council of Farmer Cooperatives, with the United Fresh Produce Association, those type of well-respected organizations. We all work together, very similar policy positions. We use this medium, the podcast that 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 you uh, moderate, Lane. Um, we use our social media channels, Twitter, Facebook, uh, our newsletter, to get the word out to, to growers and allied industries. And then we go directly to those members of Congress and say, hey, look, the, 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 this isn't just one individual's opinion. This is the opinion of a very well-respected organization and the National Potato Council. And by the way, that opinion is shared by the National Council of Farmer Cooperatives, by the United Fresh Produce Association, by, you know, pick, pick any number of, um, of very visible associations across the representation arena for American agriculture. All of those folks together, it's that collective voice is what gets policies changed, whether it's tax or trade or immigration, what, whatever. Um, that's the way you get things done. It's it's a lot of individual steps that lead to the outcome. And Dominic, for yourself as a producer that has been a leader on the state and national level, uh, what does it mean to you to have that face-to-face time with uh, representatives from your own state and also elected leaders from uh, other states that are listening to your concerns and your advocacy on behalf of the U.S. potato industry? What was it like to to sit down with uh, your two home state U.S. senators just to Day and and catch up, but also share those concerns. Uh, it's always a very positive lane when when I come to D.C. and get to meet with uh, you know my state congressional uh, senators and and congressmen, congresswomen, face to face meetings and and sharing our story and and you know they're always great listeners. They're great participants. Um, I've never had a meeting where you know nobody showed up. It was it's it's always positive and. Uh, that tells me that they're really interested in, in helping our industry, and they know that we stick together, you know, nationwide. We're not just—I'm uh, not just advocating for Maine. I'm advocating for potato growers across the country. So they work with, you know, other senators in other potato regions, and uh, there's a great relationship, uh, you know, in the potato industry on the policy side. So, um, you know, coming to D.C. and doing this work uh, has always been, uh, you know, very. For me, I enjoy coming here and, and working with these people, and, and our staff does a great job in scheduling and getting things done. And our local uh, Maine Potato Board, you know, I'll put a plug in for them. They're always on board and, and get meetings scheduled, and, uh, you know, we, we talk about our local issues and, and uh, Maine issues, and a lot of work gets done that way as well. So uh, it's very positive. Uh, it's the reason why we have our leadership program in the NPC in the potato industry, and it's the reason why we do a DC fly-in uh, to get growers here. Because at the end of the day, you know these decision makers they want to hear from growers. Uh, that's that's their goal as well. They want to have a good meeting and and you know really hear what's going on out in the field. So uh, we try to keep it all positive all the time and, and keep a unified message uh, so that everybody's on board with uh, you know like Cam said, uh, make make farming easier or, or you know, let's solve issues, let's not fight about them. But very positive every time I come to town. 
Well, that's so great to hear. And Dominic, as you mentioned, Mexico continues to be a top uh, priority for the nation's potato industry. Cam, could you maybe just touch upon your thoughts on the meeting that Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack had with his Mexican counterpart uh, just last week in Des Moines, Iowa? Uh, What were some of the positives that you believe came out of that meeting? Or what are some areas that we'll continue to work on in terms of fresh access? for U.S. potatoes. Secretary Vilsack sat down with his counterpart, Secretary Villalobos, last week in Iowa. That, that clearly is uh, a, a, a positive step in what has been a relatively challenging relationship between Mexico and the United States lately on agricultural trade. Um, there's been a host of issues. Obviously, ours has been a very visible, um, big issue that needs to get solved. Um, following on the heels of that, you've got biotech challenges. Um, Mexico is they they are responding to a relatively volatile electorate down in Mexico, and um, their current administration is trying to navigate that. And I think it's just put a lot of stress on the bilateral agricultural trade relationship between the U.S. and Mexico. I think it's it's great that the two two agricultural leaders are sitting down and and discussing things. If you, if you want to build some credibility in that bilateral relationship and get it back on a better track, our issue is incredibly easy to solve. Um, the Mexican Supreme Court stated as much back in April. We are six months past that decision, and the, the song remains the same. The Mexican government can tomorrow restore, um, restore access for fresh potatoes to Mexico. Remember, we had access for three weeks to Mexico, um, three weeks, seven years ago, before a host of lawsuits were filed that ultimately made their way all the way to the Mexican Supreme Court and required resolution. That resolution came. The Mexican Supreme Court ruled emphatically, unanimously, that um, the U.S. fresh potatoes, uh, the, the market access was granted properly. The Mexican government has authority to make that decision. And we effectively never should have lost our market access. Very simple to restore that access. Obviously, there's a lot of politics at play, Lane. You're not, you're not uh, um, exactly naive when it comes to the amount of money that is potentially on the table between, uh, between Mexico and the U.S., uh, uh, potato industries. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think that's, that's clearly a play here. That's why you've had this, this long delay. That being said... It, it can get solved effectively tomorrow. Now, do I think it's going to happen tomorrow? Probably not. It's probably going to be uh, several weeks to months. But the, the 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 real positive here is I think you've got Secretary Vilsack is very committed to this. Uh, Ambassador Tai at uh, uh, our, our United States Trade Representative is very committed to this. And if they get it done and it actually works, you actually have uh, U.S. potato exports are durably entering Mexico. It provides a lot of credibility for Mexico that they can actually um, uh, restore this important trade relationship with their single biggest trading partner on agricultural issues. Well, again, a very key uh, topic and priority for the National Potato Council and 
We'll uh, continue to discuss this topic until it finally is resolved in uh, in a positive manner in favor of the U.S. Uh, potato industry for sure, Cam. But uh, one thing that we know for certain is what a great time we are going to have in Anaheim, California uh, at the beginning of January for the Potato Expo 2022. Uh, Cam, it, it, it seems that everything is looking pretty positive and uh, things are, are going smoothly as uh, we prepare for uh, the 2022 Expo. It, it really does, Lane. Uh, I think Holly on our team, uh, Holly Alexander, who's really the the uh, the architect of so many great potato expos since its inception. Uh, she is putting together a fantastic show for January. Uh, Do- Dominic and I have been sitting down with her and going through a lot of the the specifics about what P- Potato Expo 2022 in in Anaheim is going to look like, and we're we're very excited. Clearly, um, we've got a lot of uh, exhibitor and sponsor excitement. Registration is open, and uh, that is coming in uh, very, very, very nicely. And we're we are thrilled about uh, what what that show is going to look like to kick off the new year. And Dominic, for yourself as a producer, uh, what would you uh, tell a, a grower or an allied industry stakeholder about the importance of attending Expo, and uh, what are your favorite aspects of the event itself? Yeah, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to the expo. I mean, uh, you know, we, you really don't realize uh, how important it is, or uh, just the networking uh, with with growers and organizations and sponsors and stakeholders in our industry. You know, you don't realize how important it is until you you can't have that expo, which is what happened last year. And so, um, I think everybody's getting excited. Uh, momentum is building. Uh, you know. Registrations are coming in. People are uh, making plans. Um, you know, and it's just a great, you know, great event to, like I said, network and uh, learn the current issues and learn the current trends. And, uh, you know, we have a lot to talk about, uh, whether it's transportation, uh, supply chain issues, uh, infrastructure. Uh, so a lot happens at Expo, and uh, it's just a great time. It's a, it's a relaxed time to, uh, you know, kind of just... Uh, you know, everybody's focused on the same outcomes and everybody's passionate about, you know, their farms and growing potatoes for, you know, for the country. So it's just a great event and we're really looking forward to getting it back online and and moving it forward uh, to bigger and better in the future. And for our friends tuning in today, if you're interested in learning more about the Potato Expo, just uh, search Potato Expo 2022 or visit nationalpotatocouncil.org and click on uh, events and it'll take you to the Potato Expo Anaheim 2022 tab. It has all the information on uh, information requiring uh, in terms of COVID precautions and uh, registration, reservations, and everything about Potato Expo 2022. And Cam, I should mention for our folks that uh, like to pre-plan a few months ahead of schedule, the National Potato Council's Washington Summit is uh, scheduled to take place in February. Uh, what what does that have in store for attendees? What was previously the Washington fly-in for the National Potato Council, it is no longer just the fly-in. It is now our Washington Summit. And the reason we're calling it the Washington Summit is the annual meeting for the National Potato Council, which seats our board, new president, new executive committee, all of that is going to occur 
uh, that one week, uh, it's the first full week in March. We'll be back here, both the fly-in as well as our annual meeting. All of those activities will occur over the course of, of those five days. And Cam, I might throw in, there's just nothing better than coming out and advocating for your industry and for your business in Washington, D.C. And to combine the different aspects of different NPC events into this Washington Summit, it's just going to be great. Gentlemen, before I let you get back to your day in Washington, what are some last thoughts or any uh, tips you'd just like to share with our audience listening today? Lane, I'll I'll just say we're we're really excited. We're we're very thankful that the executive committee has taken their time to be here with us um, the, uh, this week. Um, they've obviously have to travel from all over the country, but the work we do here over the next couple of days is going to set the stage for having a very positive expo, a positive Washington summit, and then a um, a, 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 a set the stage for a very strong 2022 from a policy perspective for the National Potato Council, hopefully from a, from a business perspective for the, for the entire industry. Um, we're, we're very excited about the collaboration that is ongoing with all the state organizations, with um, Potatoes USA in their lane. Um, all, all of those things come together. Um, they, we've we got to get them all right and everybody rowing in the same direction to, to be successful for this industry. Um, so I just I'm I'm really I'm I'm really thrilled that our leadership is so committed to 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 us and that mission. And Dominic, for yourself, uh, what are you looking uh, most forward to this week and moving into next year? Well, you know, I, I want to you know the staff that we have here has, has been incredible and uh, does a lot of work behind the scenes, you know, and we're growers, we're busy on our farms. Uh, and when, you know, when we get to DC, everything is prepared. Uh, we get a, a constant stream of information and, and uh, issues are taken care of, uh, you know, on a timely, uh, in a timely manner. So we're very uh, fortunate to have the staff we have at the NPC and, and for the industry and the organization. Um, you know, so I'm looking forward to this week, the meetings we have. Uh, like Cam said, we're going to dive right into the uh, details of Expo, um, uh, the details of our, you know, summit for next February and our annual meeting. So we got a lot to cover here in the next day and a half, but uh, uh you know, we're on track and on pace to have a great uh, year end. And uh, hopefully the start of 2022 is going to be great for the industry. I'm hopeful with that too. 2022 has a nice ring to it. And uh, let's cross our fingers that everything rolls smooth, that uh, the crops look good and our trade opportunities are endless. So with that, gentlemen, thank you both so much for taking a quick break. I know uh, uh, nothing really slows down out in the nation's capital in terms of advocacy, so thank you both for for taking a few minutes uh, 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 from the Hill here today. Thank you, Lee. Thanks, Lane. Well, that will do it, friends, for this conversation on the Eye on Potatoes podcast. I'm your host, Lane Nordland. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the National Potato Council's Eye on Potatoes podcast with host Lane Nordland. For more information, visit nationalpotatocouncil.org and make sure to subscribe to the podcast today.